0: Today on Doomed, it is Inauguration Day. The inauguration of Joe Biden, January 20th, 2021. And as you all know, the day ended with the storm. Mass arrests taking out just everyone. Sitting there watching Joe Biden's inauguration, Obama arrested, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton arrested, they even got Lady Gaga, just everyone taken away, and, uh, you know, that's, the storm came, just what QAnon always uh, was talking about, right? Well, no, that did not happen today, folks, that did not happen today. Joe Biden is now the President of the United States, and with me right now to talk about the day. Well, before I get to him, actually, let me pull us up on the screen here. Uh, we got, one second, doot doot, there I, oh, what did I just do, one second, all right, well, patreon.com slash mattbinder to support the show, youtube.com slash mattbinder for the live stream, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, at mattbinder, all those places, uh, doompod.com for the podcast, and let me pull up my guest at this time, he's the host of the shitpost podcast. And uh, what is your, what is your new title? This is the first time you've been on the show since, uh, you, uh, left right wing watch for, uh, for a brand new position at a brand new place, Jared.
1: Yeah. So, um, towards the end of last year, I left right wing watch and, uh, went over to the digital forensic research lab at the Atlantic council where I've been doing a lot of the same stuff that I was doing before, but, in a setting, um, you know, more specifically trying to come up with answers to some of the harder questions on, uh, you know, what we do about ah. all of this.
0: All right. And I hear uh, Pierre back there.
1: Yeah. Pierre's here.
0: Now what is I, his, what is his it's, new it's position? It's
1: a, it's a bonus for the Matt Bender YouTube channel. You, you guys can see
0: Pierre. Uh, yeah. Oh, look at this folks. I don't think any other show gets this cause you know, they're all doing podcasts, right? One second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see that Pierre on this special inauguration. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. All right. Uh, oh, uh. Oh, wait, wait. Jared has left the seat again to go find Pierre. Riveting stuff for po- folks listening to the podcast version of this show. Doompod.com. All right. Wait, Jared's back. Here we go. And there's Pierre. Hello, Pierre. Running to his... Running to his daddy. Is that is that is that how you look at Pierre as your son, or is he like your brother? How how do you what is the Pierre Jared relationship?
1: Oh, uh, he's definitely my son. Uh, nothing will ever change that. Got it. Um, he's also my boss and my dad. Uh-huh. So.
0: Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he's getting uh, feisty there. So Pierre, let me ask Pierre some questions while you got him here.
1: Now, uh P- sure. Now, Pierre.
0: Pierre. Pierre,
1: you've got some questions. You want to listen in?
0: Now, now, now Pierre. It, it is a known fact that you are a a follower of the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, it's caused many rifts inside the Holt household. What is your feelings about Joe Biden being inaugurated and the mass arrests not occurring? Um. Oh, I hear oh.
1: he. He he says that uh, Joe Biden is Q. Patriots are in control. <laughs> Trump was not trying to overturn the election. Rather, it's a 4D chess move by installing Joe Biden as the next president. MAGA can finally come to fruition.
0: That's what you said, isn't it, Pierre? Oh, I love it, Pierre. That is very very astute analysis, Pierre. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've been
1: letting him watch YouTube, so I I don't. He's getting all this <laughs> stuff in his head.
0: Now, Chad, when are you going to have to talk with him to try to pull him out of this this hole he's dug himself into? Of the many holes I'm sure he digs, this one I think yeah, is too deep.
1: Yeah, you know it's 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 tough, right? Because you want him to dig and like learn and do and have all those enriching experiences, but uh, it, I, I guess I haven't really figured it out yet. I, I guess I'll probably just get like a little piece of baked chicken and wiggle it around on the other side of the room and. Maybe he'll stop digging himself in this hole at that point.
0: All right. Well, Pierre, it was a pleasure to get uh, some analysis from a a, a a QAnon follower. Where we go one, we go all. And I guess uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a dog uh, a dog pun to make there. Uh, yeah.
1: All right. Well, he'll he'll say bye.
0: <laughs> Take care, Pierre. Uh, here we go. Uh, uh, all right. All right. Now, okay, Jared, I'm
1: back. Now, Jared, I now, actually—, now, actually now, I want, on to, now on to the less interesting part of this. What's uh,
0: up? <laughs> right, right, right. So, you know, th- there's there's a lot to talk about today. But first, I actually want to bring up, because it just came to my attention. Uh, I saw someone in the chat say, which fascist troll will invade the chat today? Uh, uh, YouTube.com slash Matt Binder. You can drop a super chat in there, too. Ask questions, and uh, me and Jared will take them. Yeah, um, we, we,
1: we really hate it when you give us money. Uh Triggers us really bad.
0: Right, right. No, speaking of people who make money from uh, live stream chat donations, last time you were on this show, uh, we uh, baked Alaska (laughs) was uh, in the chat and he wanted. Oh my god, I almost forgot about this. Right, he wanted to come on the show, and I got to tell you, I am really regretting not having him on the show that day. Just letting him call in uh, because um, uh, our 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 good old buddy baked Alaska. Uh, a lot's happened to him since he uh, was in the YouTube chat. I, when, when did we last have the – oh, we had – that was like during the week of us doing the the RNC uh, shows, right? It's got to be.
1: Yeah, that, that must I think that was the last time right. we did so, a show together.
0: Right. Well, we did many shows that week. Well, we did a four, four shows in a row that week, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. We did a marathon. So uh, if anybody is listening and uh, you have a – Uh, connection to the maricopa county prison we need to get an iphone with wi-fi (laughs) service to baked alaska Uh, uh, we really miss him folks it's the it's yoba baby it's here at baked alaska
0: now now the funny thing is he emailed me after that show and he said hey you said you were open to uh, talking to me uh, I dare you to come on my show or something like that. And I, I, I did not respond because, first of all, that were that was not the terms of the deal. The deal was he had to come on this show because I wasn't going to go on his you know, little little uh, white power hour. I don't know what the hell he's doing over there. <laughs> what, what, yeah, was whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll talk to him here if he wants to call in, but I'm not uh, going on that one. Uh, if But he doesn't even have that anymore, actually. I think last time I checked, DLive... Uh, gave him the boot. DLive, of all places, gave him the boot. That's like, that was the like new live streaming safe haven for all the right wingers who got uh, banned from YouTube.
1: Yeah, now they're moving over to something. It's like Travlo or something. It, it looks really similar to DLive. It's almost like a clone.
0: Oh, I think that actually might be the Streamlab one, which means they probably won't exist there for long because I don't think Streamlab wants the. Uh, the problems, if if I'm if we're on the same page and talking about the same platform, but Streamlabs recently launched their very own live streaming platform, and it's mm. uh, it, it, the the name you just said is making me think of that one. I can't remember that one's name though, but it sounds something like that. Um, it's too bad BitChute doesn't have a live streaming uh, apparatus built into their uh, their their platform because otherwise they'd be right home there. They will not have to worry about getting banned off BitChute.
1: Yeah. Bit shoots like barely functional as is. Um, yeah, like you hit play on a video and it just like buffers for God. Knows. It's like having dial up internet again.
0: True story. Uh, someone who got arrested by the FBI, um, had posted a video on YouTube that was mentioned in his like, uh, little, uh, I'm having a mental block right now. The little rap, like, or the whatever charging document. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, a specific video where he calls for senators to be killed uh, is mentioned in there and I went to go find this video and it was deleted from BitChute but uh, me being the, uh, the the genius that I am I just searched for the title on Google and Google had cached the page now usually that does not work for video but BitChute is so badly coded that pulling up Google's uh, cached version of the deleted page pulled up the video the video worked so I pulled the video And I watched it and I pulled it intending to share it because I thought it would be interesting. But I decided not to after watching the video because it is truly an example of something that should not be seen by by anyone. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah, it is a bad one. It is a uh, you know, because I pulled a bunch of parlor stuff and I assumed it was going to be like that where like see what people got themselves into at the Capitol. So I assume this guy went on some rant while walking with his buddies to the Capitol or something. No, no, he uh, he's just in his room looking at the camera saying some pretty crazy shit. So it's best I keep that tucked away in the old Matt Binder archives on the computer here.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, instead of sharing it with the general public, Matt instead watches that video every night before he goes to bed.
0: Right, right. That's what it actually gets me to sleep because it's, so- it's,
1: it's, it's, it's like an ASMR thing.
0: Right. I'm so desensitized by this stuff now that it actually puts me to sleep. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I I am past the point of desensitization is like, like for the last couple of years, especially I just take this like purely clinical approach. Like I, I look at extremism the same way a doctor might look at like a stab wound where I'm like, Hmm, okay. So, you know the person's like screaming on the hospital bed, and like, hmm, all right. So I'm thinking we probably take this one into surgery, and you know, it's, and it's weird, right? It, it like, your brain's not supposed to do that, but it's uh, it's my job. It's my job to do it, I guess.
0: Right, right. So let's let's get to that. Well, actually, we, for the people watching on the YouTube, we should quickly mention that uh. If they're they're all talking about you, <laughs> your video. Said, yeah. yeah, I said don't worry wow. about it, buddy. It'll be no big deal. Uh, Jared is obviously having webcam issues. Um, it's okay. We'll we'll power through. Everything else is fine. You could see him. That's what's important. I said it was like I, I, my description of it was like film noir meets, meets like late sixties hippie tie dye situation going on there. Yeah, you like, know
1: what happened was. Um... This webcam, it, it's like a webcam with a ring light around it. And I really wanted one, but it was like the beginning of quarantine and every webcam on the internet seemingly was sold out. Like every webcam that was like worth anything. And so I had to go to eBay and then like half of the ring light has burned out. Apparently now it's like a retro sixty cyberpunk or something, but like <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'm, that's I'm thinking. A, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of new webcams in the future soon. I
0: would. I would say that was a good. Um, well, don't worry. I, I decided to be lazy today, and not set up the green screen. So there's just me in my, my, my closet with the white walls behind me. So don't worry about it. Uh, anyway, let's get to. <laughs>
1: this is the people show. This is a show of the people, man. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, we got a lot of people in the 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 chats. Just the you know. Lighting on fire with all the but 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 a uh, lot of lot of chats. But if you want me to see your stuff, because uh, it's going too fast, drop that uh, <laughs> drop those super chats.
1: Shameless, right. Matt. Shameless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, let's get to let's get to let's get to the the, the why I had you on the show today. Now today was Joe Biden's inauguration, um, and the,
1: the day that Joe Biden finally became president.
0: Right. I mean, literally. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I, 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 I did not watch much of it, uh, partially because uh, today was the first day my son was home from school because there is a COVID outbreak in his school, so everyone's home now. Uh, <laughs> so that wasn't fun. Uh, I mean, you know, it's fun being with my son, but not fun to juggle work and the one-and-a-half-year-old running around and him trying to do his Zoom kindergarten homework stuff. But uh, anyway... Uh, so I didn't watch much of it. But also I find the whole thing, um, you know, I, I know I wanted to, you know, it's good to give people a day to just take it in and be happy because that was the overwhelming uh, feeling, at least in the, the what I was seeing on Twitter and elsewhere. But I also have a – I'm not a big fan of uh, that feeling towards politicians in general. So yeah. Inauguration, yeah, days, same. inauguration Day is not my thing. I don't need the pomp and circumstances around – these people to be to be quite frank
1: yeah i'm the same way you know like i think it's pretty unquestionable that a biden administration will be a healthier administration they won't be trying to pull off these like craven acts of cruelty uh on a regular basis but i'm the same way you know we elect political leaders and if you're going to hold public power, especially that much power in the U S um, you know, they deserve to be scrutinized to the furthest extent, you know, it's when you become sort of, you, you know, I, I just like, I would never want to be like a feel like I was just a lap dog for a politician or something. Um, cause politicians are just kind of weird people to begin with.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, my, my worry about about this is, you know, again, up top, just like you said, I think it's a good addendum to me, but without a doubt, a Joe Biden administration preferable by all stretches of the imagination to a Trump administration. Um, but I do worry about what we're seeing or what we're going to see. I mean, we already saw it with how how the the, the, the mainstream media and the mainstream press was covering the inauguration, like – you know the whole thing again is is over the top and it's just a, a show. Uh, you know, but the the whole uh, you know, oh well, thank God! Or, like they couldn't even contain themselves, and it's like you know, come on, come on! Like it's yeah, rate it
1: back, man. I, I mean, because like part of the the way to get past this moment and and try to move forward is that um, you know people are going to have to regain at least some level of trust in institution, right? Because you can't fix a system or, or you can't, like, make progress in a system that you're, like, not acknowledging exists, right? And it's one thing if you say you want to change the system, you want to change the way we do things, totally valid, but you have to, like, figure out a way to get there, right? Right. Um, and part of that is is going to be trying to build up that public trust. And when you have like, I think it was on CNN today, Van Jones like crying uh, at the side of the Biden inauguration. It's like, awesome, dude. Conservatives just think like everything they already thought about CNN and especially cable news. Like the the main channels are just kind of talking in circles to the people that already agree with them. So it's
0: right. And and the conversations are never about the like you know. It's one thing to cover it and be like, you know, what the Trump administration did was horrible, you know, and get into actual policies and being like, you know, hopefully there'll be a turn with this new administration. But it's not even that. It's just like the Trump administration was mean to us. And now we're returning back to normal. The normal. Like, it's just this. It's just so it's like it's gross. It's honestly like I get sort of really concerned about what it's because I remember. The Obama years, and how anyone who who questioned, for example, drone strikes was automatically pilloried by the 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 Obama fan club, and then it, you know all of a sudden Trump gets into power, and these people who hated the, who who were uh, defending a lot of this stuff under under the Obama administration are now all of a sudden the biggest advocates of the anti uh, uh, who who uh, against Trump. You know what I mean? You know how many people who had antifa in their uh, Twitter bios during the Trump administration because they they consider themselves to be anti-fascist are going to <laughs> to espouse those same uh, those same beliefs when or you know if or when the Biden administration does something that is not good or you know and horrendous because you know hopefully it doesn't happen but if they're returning to normal which they look at to be as the Obama administration, there were some really uh, shitty and gross things that happened under the Obama administration.
1: Yeah, and like ultimately, what that boils down to is just, you know, taking a moment to reflect and think about what your values are, and and going forward based on your values, not on you know a fan club. We have, you know, as people who share, you know, progressive views, we have spent a lot of time just like ridiculing the charlie kirks of the world who are like uh trump got covid but that is freaking awesome dude and like you know we make fun of people like that um so don't be like that don't be one of those people
0: right right
1: just because your politician is like objectively better you know the bar was kind of on the floor guys
0: right now let's talk about those really cute bernie sanders mittens
1: (laughs) oh yeah oh man (laughs) We love you, Bernie. Come on the show, Bernie.
0: <laughs> but you know it is. You know I. You know I. I feel the same way about Bernie. Obviously, I've criticized when I think Bernie is is wrong. But at the same time, you know, it, it does get frustrating when the you know all politicians are politicians, but you got you got one who uh, who is closest to being a normal human being, and all these people who are fan clubs of the current of the uh, Democratic administration. Uh, seem to dislike the one, the one guy on their side who's most, who's most like a normal human being. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, incredible sometimes, you know.
1: Yeah, but you know, believe in causes, not politicians. That's just that's where I'll leave that. You know.
0: Absolutely. Now, I didn't bring you on the show, Jared, just to talk about. Uh, just, the... just
1: to lecture people about their political acts
0: right, right? Right. Or to talk about the Biden administration, because you know, uh, to have someone who tracks the right wing. And extremism, uh, you know, having you on to talk about uh, the democratic, uh, the current democratic uh, administration doesn't make much sense. Uh, well, maybe in some ways it will. Who knows? I, but,
1: I, I hope it doesn't.
0: Right, right. Who knows? <laughs> you you know? know, who knows? All, all, of, a, all of a sudden, uh, there'll be a. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure this will actually be an issue. I'm sure you know, the, a Modi fan club behind uh, Harris. You know, uh, don't don't
1: manifest things, man. You can't, you can't you can't just say stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, it's, a, a few years ago, I cracked a joke. I, I want to say maybe it was like on this show, uh, about how like the conservative answer to the squad is just going to be like QAnon moms, and then it happened. <laughs> now we have like Marjorie Taylor Green and Lauren Boebert. I, 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 you know, feel a sense of guilt like I made that happen for some reason.
0: <laughs> right? No, you didn't make it happen. You didn't make it. You, I, didn't, you didn't make it happen. No, I, I would say you predicted it, much like I predicted my. Nearly flawless electoral college map.
1: <laughs> All now, right, right-wing but, politics, right-wing right wing politics, right wing. Right, right, right. Let's do Let's it. Do Let's do it. it. Let's, Let's
0: do, do it. it. So today was a big day, not only for the, the the Democratic Party and Democrats, but for the QAnon folks as well. Now, Jared, what was the belief going in today? Because it seems like you know QAnon kept kicking. Uh, The can down the curb, down the street, whatever the phrase is, and kept pushing back the big day in which Donald Trump was going to mass arrest all of his political enemies who were part of the cabal of uh, satanic cannibals running the child trafficking ring all around the globe. Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, and also, obviously, because that would happen, uh, he would be reelected in some way or another because, you know. Biden can't run the country from behind a jail cell, um, but uh, you know what was the what was the thought process going into today as it seemed to be the, the the one last day where Trump would have any power to pull these things off.
1: Yeah, so you know, in the run up to inauguration, and really since the sixth, um, when there was the attack on the Capitol, people who believe in QAnon. Um, I am the proud member of, like, a handful of QAnon group chats. Uh, what's up? Shout out to <laughs> to those guys. Um, but, you know, there was this kind of belief uh, that at some point before or during the inauguration that uh, the storm was finally going to come. And they predicted that the storm was going to come for, like, Three years now, right? But they just keep pushing it off. And every single time it was, you know, the same old excuse, right? It's, well, you know, this isn't public. The mainstream media would never acknowledge this. Oh, Trump's in control. Sometimes disinformation is necessary. Sometimes, you know, there was like all this like excuse after excuse after excuse for why none of this had happened yet. Um, But after the electoral college vote was certified by congress um i i I got the sense that a lot of these communities started feeling like the clock was ticking um so they did what they always do which is say you know point to the next major national event and say that's it that's when it's going to happen trump's in control he's going to arrest biden you that Perimeter around the Capitol in the National Mall in downtown DC. That's not to keep people out. That's to keep people in. They're gonna arrest them, you know.
0: I need shit
1: like that, man. It's it's so hard to talk about it without just like laughing at the absurdity of it. I Um, love.
0: I love. I saw one uh, uh, not just one, but it was a few like this. But I saw one specific one that came that, that 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 stayed with me. That was basically. The guy or or girl—it's unclear. It was an anonymous poster, and they were they were trying to come to terms with why would there be twenty five thousand uh, national guardsmen down on an inauguration day? Why would Trump have sent them there if it wasn't to go after all the people who were going to be arrested in the mass uh, in the in the, in the mass arrests? It's like they didn't even consider that. Hmm. Storming of the Capitol. National Guard goes down there directly after because of that. Uh, what? Why, why wouldn't they like this, this? didn't even connect to them. They yeah.
1: they, they, they did, Like uh, for all the right wing conspiracy theorists that were like, wow, what do you think all this military presence is like? Oh, we have a green zone and a red zone on the National Mall. Well, something big must be up and it's like no no the big thing already happened guys do you do you remember that remember the q shaman uh in congress uh, like that was one of your guys <laughs> remember right,
0: that right right
1: but it's... uh you know uh, obviously uh nothing happened during the inauguration um
0: well it's just because the storm got slightly delayed it made a wrong turn at uh an Albuquerque and
1: <laughs> well obviously the military uh, you know the plan to arrest Joe Biden became too public too public you know it's uh and the truth is that he was already arrested they were all arrested but they're under house arrest and they're just doing a show to maintain a sense of normalcy while Trump executes the real plan blah 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 blah, blah. and we
0: should point out to listeners here that while what you said is very funny, you're not joking. That's actually one of the, uh, let me call it, current storylines in QAnon canon as to what's going on right now. Um, there's some other really fun ones. Would you like to go through... When uh, By fun, I mean uh, completely batshit, off-the-walls crazy. Uh, would you like to go through some of the uh, current beliefs from the QAnon world? Because I think a lot of people saw all the screenshots floating around today. And I know you, you sent one, and it was very interesting, but... A lot of the screenshots going around today were from the few QAnon people in like telegram groups and on mm. various right-wing forums and platforms basically saying like what the hell nothing happened oh no am i the one who was wrong i'm gonna be a laughing stock to my family they, you know that was obviously a funny element that existed but from what I saw, and that's really why I didn't really post any. I, I mean, I did retweet yours because it was very funny. But I didn't really post any myself because, honestly, from what I was seeing, that really wasn't the the main thought uh, going through QAnon. Like, there wasn't one specific, uh, uh, you know, uh, angle that they've all coalesced around yet. But the people who were, or at least seemed to have been, coming to terms with the whole thing being bullshit, somewhat. That really didn't seem to be that strong or prevalent, of one of those of one of those many angles.
1: You know, it, it was really disruptive and shook it up. Um, you know, what remains to be seen over the next coming days is how much QAnon can piece itself back together, um, which is something that it does all the time. You know, it's a insulated media circuit. The people that get their news from the QAnon Telegram channel. They don't get their news from, you know, other places. It's all QAnon stuff because they think those are the only sources telling the truth. So, you know, as the day went on, I kind of was seeing, you know, the early signs of that, that, you know, there there's like a big effort to try to keep people huddled in together. I definitely think that this will shake a lot of people off the movement. Um you know, I think that's for sure, and uh, also one of the main QAnon boards on 8chan, which was like the watering hole, uh, Travis View from QAnon Anonymous tweeted out that, that all the posts had been deleted there. So it's it's one of those things where it's oh, like...
0: Oh, it's, it's back up. It's back up. Oh, it is? Yeah. It was
1: I I didn't think Jim Watkins would let that go on too long.
0: Yeah, it was a gone Rogue, and they removed him, and they got the board back up, and Last I checked, all the old posts were missing, but there was a, a message from Watkins uh, that I saw where he stated something like, uh, give it a, a little while, they're working on getting the old archives back up. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I disagree with you a little bit, actually. Uh, not really; It's not really a disagreement, but I have a different sort of outlook. I, there obviously will be some people who fall out of it because of this. I don't think it'll be that significant or as significant as maybe uh, you, you you just said. Um, well,
1: I, I think it'll be more significant than like prior instances of yes. failed prophecy and QAnon. Um, but I don't think it's the end of QAnon. It's like all the reporters I talked to today who called me that were like, what's going on? What's with the QAnon stuff? I was just like, please do not put a headline out there that's like QAnon is dead. You know, it's, it's far from it. Um, it's, it's probably going to keep lasting for years and years and there's probably going to be people that believe that till they die. Right. Um, but also kind of another thing I want to point out here is that when people leave these online spaces, you know, we don't see them leave; They're just not there anymore. Um, so if you're looking for really clear signs of people actually exiting, um, it can be a little murky, um. You know, that's one of the weaknesses of digital research uh, is that, you know, all you have is like metrics to look at. And those metrics aren't always reflective of like, okay, there's 20,000 people on this Cuban on Telegram group. How many people actually post? How many people are checking it every day? How many people? This is all they have on Telegram. And if they left, they just delete the Telegram app without, you know, exiting the channel. So it's it's a bit hard to like really gauge, but I think we'll have a better idea exactly uh, what this holds for QAnon in the next, you know, probably by the end of the week, really.
0: Now, one thing that to me has made this more challenging um, is when I uh, specifically, when I mean more challenging, what uh, I'm talking about tracking this stuff and monitoring what's going on in the not only the QAnon world, but in the right wing sphere in general is, you know, I know a lot of people are happy that these uh, various uh groups and movements have been deplatformed and obviously uh in a sense it is good that they won't be able to recruit on mainstream platforms as openly and as in your face as they previously have i mean they're obviously still on these platforms just in different ways but the 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 most hardcore advocates for you know QAnon or you know various different right wing movements have been sort of pushed into various places and they haven't really all decided on one like previously you know you could look on facebook twitter and monitor a few of these you know right-wing channels on maybe telegram or discord uh and, and sort of get an overwhelming uh an over, an overlook of sort of what's going on in that world but now it is so fractured uh at least in my opinion that i'm actually finding it to be a little bit overwhelming to to monitor all this stuff because it is uh we're talking like i'm off the top of my head there's like 20 different right-wing platforms that i'm currently looking at and these are just the public like social media like new right-wing social media or like video platforms where basically they're open to the public anyone could see this stuff you just have to go see it and you know you just have to go to that site and see it but then there's like dozens and dozens and dozens, maybe even a few hundred. I don't know. These are the ones where I'm still trying to track down because I'm sure there's more out there that I don't even have uh, on my 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 little list here of different like Telegram groups and Discord channels and you know various private networks where these guys are now acting just how they acted on Twitter and Facebook, disseminating this stuff, uh, talking about the latest conspiracy or talking about. Uh, the latest action, if you're talking about the non-conspiracy theorists, you know, Proud Boys, for example. Um, what, what is your take on, on on the state of things when it comes to the online world of the, the broader right-wing movements?
1: It is just total chaos right now. Um, you know, like you said, uh, that, that's what I'm seeing too. These different extremist groups individuals uh and figures in the community that's built all around them uh is getting kicked to the curb in a lot of places parlor is down gab is dog shit it is impossible to use and barely functional um you know so there's not really a consensus on like the next big thing and any time that there's too big of a migration to one of these smaller platforms there's so many people you know, scurried out there that it often overwhelms the platform. And especially if it's something like, uh, like militia groups or something like that, a lot of these platforms don't want to be associated with that. So, you know, they eventually give them the boot too. Um, you know, but a lot of these figures and individuals did anticipate a day like this would come for them. So a lot of them sort of had contingencies or backup accounts and something that i uh, you know, got in a pretty good practice of doing uh, is whenever there was a a character on some larger platform uh, that I was already sort of keeping tabs on. If they posted anything that's like, you know, I also made a profile on um, I don't D Live, for example, then I would just take note of that and you know file it under like we'll probably go here at some point um so you know because i was working under the assumption that like this anticipation that they were going to get kicked off the the larger platforms was like probably pretty fair given some of the content they're putting out um so when they made the backup plan so did i um and i'm you know really I, i'm really patting myself on the back for that um it was a huge pain in the ass so i'm glad i'm glad it paid off oh
0: you, yeah you had a nice little plot. that was smart man i basically just uh have a <laughs> when it all went down i basically it was like opening all of the various right-wing platforms that i've had in a bookmark like a uh, folder all in like one window in multi-tabs and i was like signing up on each one in a row <laughs> Um, l- now let me. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, all right, so let me ask you this: um, What, uh, what do you, what would you do uh, if you knew someone? Because I'm sure there's listeners to this show who, who are going to be in this category. What would you do if you knew someone who was into QAnon, and this is all happening, and you see them possibly questioning? Their faith in Q. Now, now, now to me, that is the first step. You, you're, you're never going to be able to break through to any of these people unless they first take the initiative. Uh, and right.
1: It, you're never going to convince them on the evidence.
0: Right. So, so someone, so so now is probably the time where it's going to be the peak. There'll probably be people might think, you know, down the line. No, I think that if you if it if if they're into Q weeks down the line, months down the line, at this point from today. Uh, they're probably too far gone, and you know it'll take something really personal happening to them in their individual life to snap out of it in some way or shape or form. But to me, this is peak moment. You're never gonna have another opportunity to talk to someone who's questioning this stuff. What, what do you think? And 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 if you agree with that, what would you do?
1: Um, you know, I I do agree with that. Um, And something about QAnon is, like, as funny as it is to, you know, that people actually believe this stuff, especially some of the crazier stuff. I I, I mean, like, it's almost impossible to say it without laughing. It's so absurd. Um, But as funny as it is, the rise of QAnon and how many people, you know, got duped by this lie, uh, it's also really sad, right? Because you know, behind all, you know, that group chat thing that I posted in screenshot today on Twitter, you know, the, I think there's like four profiles displayed and presumably there's four people that have friends, that have families, that have jobs, that belong to communities, um, who, you know, they're people, right? Um, and I think that it's going to be a huge effort and it's, probably gonna be damn hard um, but I think it's important to if you know somebody like that who is questioning it um, to to try to approach them from a place of ca- uh, of compassion right um, you know I I don't think further alienating these people is it does any good um, I also you know with rare with, with some pretty rare but equally extreme, uh, exceptions. My time covering QAnon, going to different rallies and stuff, um, you know, they have these sort of, you know, violent fantasies for what they want to happen on the grand scale. But, you know, I never felt in danger in any shape or form the same way that I, you know, would feel in danger sometimes covering white supremacist rallies or Neo-Nazi rallies and stuff. So
0: I'm really, I'm really happy you brought this up because I think you know, and I, I, I brought this up last week, and you know, because I've seen so much of this online of you know, people just throwing all those you know people who are watching what went down at the Capitol, throwing everyone who is down there into the same sort of category. They're all part of the same group. And now listen. I'm not saying you feel bad for these people. I'm not saying you you show, you know, you you feel you feel for them anyway. We don't have to feel empathy for them if you don't want to. Whatever. If if that's not that's fine. I don't really care about that. But the situation down there, you sort of have to understand if you really want to break down what happened and and hopefully and hope that the work is done that this sort of stuff never happens again. Uh, you know. Uh, you have to understand the differences between everyone who is down there. Like you don't want to send some guy who uh, was duped into believing QAnon, uh, in the put put them in the same category as like I don't know a militia member who went down there as part of a group in the full gear ready to take action knew ready knew what they were going to do they were like they they were down for the whatever they had planned or whatever you know and then this QAnon guys there just go my president told me to go here and I'm trusting the plan to me you have to understand the differences between those two if you ever want to actually fight. Uh, these sort of right-wing ideologies and movements. I mean... Yeah, yeah.
1: If if any sort of, like, long-term way to combat this requires understanding the nuances. Um, And, and, you know, that's something I try to share, I guess. Uh, You know, that's something you and I both have developed, but, um, you know, it's my hope that that will become sort of wider practice. Um, So... As far as what I would, you know, say to do, uh, you know, these situations are really delicate. Uh, you know, you probably won't be able to do it by yourself. Um, but where I have heard, uh, you know, this is secondhand. Um, is that you know, kind of a successful way to do this is to first try to determine what QAnon means to somebody. Uh, You know, people I've talked to through the years on the ground at these different QAnon events and stuff, you know, Q isn't just like stuff they find on the internet that they think is really interesting. It ends up being like a very personal thing in a lot of instances. Some people connect it to their faith. Some people enjoy the community that they find in it. Some people think that this is, you know, something they can do and participate in that is going to bring a lot of good in the world, um, and, and those are all fair intentions, right? But they've been duped by just insidious, disgusting people into believing these really toxic and outlandish things that end up just disconnecting them from reality. And then once they're disconnected, these same, you know, pieces of shit just extract money out of them. Right. You know, it, it's a really disgusting thing. Um, so yeah, the,
0: the situation is really sad. And you have to like like you said, there are people who are grifting off of this or or the true believers who actually would like to, you know, set up a white nationalist state. And we're going to see that there's been lots of evidence out there and there's been articles written about how, uh, you know, white supremacist groups are looking at the QAnon fallout as an opportunity to further radicalize some of these people into more serious uh really you know white nationalist white supremacist neo-nazi ideology and that's to me where the real danger is you know it's easy to to throw those people in the same group as uh, as those more serious movements but the fact is a lot of those people don't even really get like they're not even that political to understand what they're doing in a lot of instances
1: yeah so you know here's the chair at holt method right Step one, uh, determine if there's a violent risk. Don't get yourself killed doing this. Don't, you know, if if somebody is on the edge, if they're using a lot of violent rhetoric, you know, make your own decisions, but, you know, make sure it's safe to to breach this. Um, The second thing I would say is identify what role the conspiracy theory plays in their life. Um, Just because QAnon is not just like, some stupid claim on the internet that you can debunk and like go, aha, there you go. See, it's not true. You know, it's a, it is a movement. It's, it has a lot of different factions and like splinters off into it. So, so pick that out and then, um, you know, just, just be patient, you know, try to, you know, if this is somebody who just really thinks that they're doing something to help the world, maybe, you know, you, you, you and them go volunteer at a food bank or something and and you show them that there's other ways to do good that don't involve, you know, this weird stuff on the Internet uh, that, that helps their neighbors. You know, something, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of the, at least from what I've heard and, you know, my experiences with the people who genuinely believe this stuff, what I think would probably make the longest lasting difference because you're never going to debate them and win that Uh, you know, convincing them that Q isn't real, you're not going to probably even convince them that, like, Trump sucks or whatever, right? Uh, You know, I I think kind of the most productive thing uh, to, like, get these people who are members of families, members of communities, people with jobs, like, back into uh, a more healthy social situation and, and personal situation is to like figure out where that energy is coming from and direct it towards something that is more positive.
0: Right. Jared, that was uh, very well put. Uh, I think that is the way. And, and like you mentioned up top, uh, while there are, you know, uh, you know, you said you met some Q people at a Trump rally and you didn't feel like you were in danger, but then you also added how be careful. There are varying, obviously, people who believe in Q and there have been. Uh, Some murders committed in the name of uh, QAnon believers uh, interpreting the QAnon conspiracies in their own way that led them down that path. So, uh, yeah, for the most part, it does seem like QAnon people just talk uh, a big talk and don't actually end up carrying through. But there are various examples which you should be aware of so you can be careful.
1: Um, yeah, every, every situation is going to be a little different. Uh, you know, extremism exists on a spectrum. So, you know, throughout all of that, trust your gut.
0: Right. Now, Chad, let's get to a few – you have a few minutes for a few questions that were sent here in the Super Chats?
1: Yeah, I've always had a few minutes for the doomed listeners.
0: Ah, look at that.
1: It's, it's a great show, man. The The audience here gets it,
0: you know? I thank you. Oh, man, just – uh, you're, you're really buttering them up for that – good old shit post plug coming up in a little bit are you
1: <laughs> no i got something different my dog has an instagram now that's the oh, new plug
0: oh okay yeah. uh so <laughs> first question is from uh midnight pizza Mon with the super chat uh <laughs> this is this is the question okay matt have you shown jared your huge map uh, I, I think you've seen the map, right? The Electoral College map, Jack? The Electoral
1: College map. The the most accurate electoral prediction that uh, happened in 2020 was your beloved host, Matt Bender.
0: I think it was to be quite honest. I know you're being maybe a little bit facetious, but I don't <laughs> think anyone else had it. That,
1: no, no, yours was the closest I saw. You got like one state wrong, right?
0: One state. I even got the Nebraska and uh, Maine, uh, those single electoral votes right fucking Georgia, man. But then I vindicated myself by calling the Georgia Senate race the day before. I said, no question about it, Warnock and Ossoff are winning. And everyone was doubting me that night, They because I did a live stream that night, and they were once again the same, same I'll never forget elect, the, uh, the election night. People on my stream, when I was doing that night, were like, Matt, what's going on, man? Your map is totally wrong. Because at that time, if you remember, it looked like Trump might have pulled it off. And I was like, everyone, calm down. You're not thinking correctly. You're not thinking. You're all worried. There's going to be the votes that come in. They're all going to be for Biden, and the world's going to be okay. Listen, you guys. I have an inside source at the Dominion Voting Systems who are letting me know that no, 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 Matt, quickly- Matt,
1: I'm gonna, <laughs> Matt, I'm gonna stop you right there because Dominion's suing a ton of people right now. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's like a good time to joke about that. <laughs> Legal disclaimer: Jared Holt had no participation in the statements of Matthew Bender. All right, we can keep going now. Uh,
0: I think everyone knows I'm joking. I have no, I have no connections anywhere, to be honest. If I did, I would certainly use them in a better way. Uh, let's go to another question. Here we got. Um. I think this is to you Jared because I don't know. Oh wait, no, this is to me. I'm sorry. I was misreading the um uh this is to me directly, I think. Maybe I'll grab this on the um on the second half. I'll stick with the questions that are for both of us here. Um let's see. Okay, Sen with a $10 super chat. Thank you, buddy. Says do you think that it will at least slow down the growth or make it harder for people to get in? Uh, now, I'm not sure what the context is here. I'm going to assume they're talking about. Uh,
1: probably, probably like how scattered all these alternative right. platforms yes, are. Yes,
0: that's what, yeah, right. So what do you think?
1: Jeremy? If that's if that's not what you mean, please jump in the chat and correct us. Um, but I'm I'm going to answer that off off the assumption um, since that's where the conversation was. So, deplatforming has sort of like it's like a 2 edge thing, right? The first edge, which is a much sharper edge, in my opinion, is that deplatforming has a very disruptive quality to it. Um, you know, these figures or these groups, and also all the communities built around it. There's people in the comments, people in the chats, whatever. Um, you know, they suddenly lose a place to go online, so they scatter, and when they scatter, some of them are never going to come back some of them you know are just going to find something else because they don't want to download some weird sketchy thing on their phone right um that being said whenever that happens the ones that do do the jump uh you know can often become a little bit harder hardened uh, excuse me in their beliefs so you know especially in these you know weirder right-wing swamps right where They've been told by everybody from the president to members of Congress that big tech is is out to get Trump voters and, and systemically censor conservatives straight off the internet. They'll jump to something like parlor and like you bet your ass they think that's true now, you know so you know it's it is it comes with consequences, but I think at the end of the day the deplatforming stuff um, does really screw things up for these groups eventually they will gather again in another little spot there's probably some web developer out there that sees you know money bags dangling in front of him if he can just put it together and like get a good set of lawyers um but you know at least for the time being i, th- I think the deplatforming honestly probably helped a lot uh in particular to the the safety situation of today's inauguration Right. Because they weren't able to, like, really put anything together as far as, like, an event or or a plan. Because everybody's everywhere.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings on, on deplatforming in general. I, I think, you know, there are instances. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to die on any hill of of defending any of these guys. Uh, but yeah, at the same it, time. It,
1: and I also, sorry, man. I'm going to jump in and just add one more thing just to make my no, go ahead. sort of thoughts about it super clear. I look at deplatforming. I mean, it's like that's like when you, by the time you get there that's like pulling the fire alarm that is because like all of their options have been exhausted i don't think it should just be some, something that's done lightly um it should be done for the right reasons but when it comes to like like unlawful militia groups or white supremacists or neo nazis whatever like i feel like that's a fire alarm situation right so you know right. So I'll throw it back to you. I just wanted to like, make that clear.
0: No, definitely. I, th- I think it's like an easy solution a lot of the times, just kick these people off. Uh, you know, and there are uh, plenty of instances, I think, where the, uh, the platforms had a good reason to kick off certain individuals. I-, I don't know how I feel about the sweeping removal of a certain type of, of content. Um, at the same time, though, you know, everyone hears a lot about, oh, you know, QAnon banned from Twitter and Facebook. But the reality is basically just if you are a QAnon account or something like that, you're banned from these platforms. Like if you are just there to disseminate this, these these QAnon conspiracies all day, every day, that is your purpose there, then you'll be, you know, that that's when your account will run into trouble. But if you're just like conservative Joe Schmo who posts just like regular shit and also shares these conspiracies that you come across online. You don't have to worry about your account being taken down. Like you go on Twitter and Facebook and find plenty of QAnon stuff. It's just not coming from like people there to be QAnon influencers. Right. Um yeah, I don't know how. It's 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 a really tricky situation. These companies obviously have uh full rights to do what they do. Um, at the same time, it is, you know, worrisome that they're able to, to do this stuff, uh, just remove swaths of, uh, of users off their platforms. Uh, at the same time, not going to die on a hill for uh, neo-Nazis or, uh, you know, right-wing conspiracy theorists. Uh, but also, I think the real issue that's at hand here is just the overwhelming power a few of these platforms have. Like, uh, you shouldn't, uh, you know, the, obviously this is part of their whole, uh, talking point so they could push forward their agenda here where like, you know, it's getting booted off Facebook and Twitter is like, I'm my, my freedom of speech is being taken away. And that's not true. But at the same time, I'm sure it feels that way to a lot of them because there's not many options. And that's because anytime a new platform comes along, The main players, Google, Facebook, uh, Amazon, uh, do everything in their power to make sure that any threat to their monopoly is uh, quickly uh, taken down. Whether they uh, make their algorithm or platform so where you can't share certain things that would help boost that new platform, or they just come out and just give those new platforms an offer they can't refuse, a la Instagram uh, who else? Uh, Periscope. Uh, I don't know. There's like a, a number of different uh, uh, instances. I can't even think off the top of my head right now. Uh, and and there you go. That you have a consolidation of of all these different tech companies that provide these sort of social media platforms. And then you come down to the fact that you get booted from Facebook, Twitter. And YouTube, and they you can't you can't uh, you can't post pictures anywhere really. You can't post videos anywhere really. You can't post text anywhere really. Well, not anywhere that's going to be seen by a mass amount of people. And you know, right. obviously, you aren't you. There's no right to an audience. But you know, this just again, like you said, getting booted from these platforms feeds into their whole belief system anyway. And the fact that there's no alternative for them to go to, it's just you know, it's a, it's a, it's just a big old mess.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a very powerful tool. It's very powerful action to take. Um, but you know, to deploy the cliche with great power comes great responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's, I I want to kind of dissuade people from thinking that it's like a, a magic bullet solution that's gonna like boom extremisms over problem solved, We banned them. Um, you know, it, it just changes and forces it to adapt.
0: Right. And just uh just to really stress, I lose no sleep though when like, you know, the proud boys lose their social media profile though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I do not care. I mean when they get kicked off stuff, it's just like slightly more annoying for me work wise, but like I I don't care. Right. I I don't lose any sleep. I just go, Oh yeah. Figured that was gonna happen at some point.
0: <laughs> right. Oh, uh, Fredrickson with a follow up super chat to uh to clarify their question from earlier. I was thinking more of Q in general. Will it be harder to onboard people who aren't already in without Trump as president? Uh, you want to go first here? Um, I could take it first if you want. I think,
1: I think Q specifically, like the Q posts, uh, and and for as much of the movement is just like a Trump personality cult. I think that that, uh, will be a harder sell, but like we saw with the save the children campaign stuff last summer, uh, the animating conspiracy theories around child trafficking, around 5g cell phone towers, vaccines, blah. I mean, there's so many different weird little theories that are under the umbrella of QAnon at this point. Um, you know, those theories are likely to continue to have traction on their own. Um, you know, it kind of remains to be seen whether people are going to still be able to effectively recruit audiences together with Q-branded content. Um, but, you know, a store brand version of QAnon, I think, will probably continue to exist in a fairly significant way.
0: Right, right. No, that's that's exactly right. You know, QAnon has taken a life of its own beyond Q, uh, obviously, who, again, has not posted since, like, December, and uh, has taken a life of its own without Trump. Like, I know, I know that Trump is obviously the hero in the story of QAnon. He is the person it all revolves around. But at the same time... Especially this past year, when QAnon branched out into the anti-vaxxer world, into the COVID denier world, the anti-maskers, uh, the things that got all the like the yoga people and the, the New Agers and the uh, you know alternative medicine people, uh, all those types into the movement. Those people, in a lot of a lot of instances, don't even really know the, the, the Save the Children moms, like you mentioned. Those people in many instances don't even know Trump is the basis for the conspiracies they believe in. They, they, just, they, don't they don't they don't know the connection there. So yeah, definitely it'll. As a political movement, I think it'll struggle without Trump in charge, but as a conspiratorial movement pushing the you know the child trafficking rings and the anti-vac you know the the five G chips in your vax in your COVID vaccines. I think that aspect of, of QAnon will be unfortunately just fine.
1: Yeah. I also think it's going to take a really aggressive anti-government angle. I can see that happening already in different extremist pockets of the internet, you know, switching from defense where, you know, QAnon was kind of a way to paint enemies as satanic evil. That's like almost unspeakable. And also to, you know explain away every blunder and you know trip and slip that Trump had um you know I I think that's going to probably shift into a more like offensive posture uh you know trying to find things to hit Biden with uh with more emphasis uh, on doing that um so yeah there, there's also like a, a level of anti-government extremism that I, I feel fairly confident saying is likely to emerge in this.
0: Right, right. Now, now uh, one more question I want to ask you, and, and this is perfect because this QAnon question about QAnon's future sort of took me there. Um, What do you think is going to happen about right, uh, with right-wing movements under the Biden administration? Now, like in my personal view, um, I think there are aspects that will get worse under Biden, Uh, not because of, you know, I'm not saying Biden's going to come out and start, you know, (laughs) goose stepping and he's going to end up being, you know, a further right wing extremist than than Trump. What I mean is you saw a lot of these right wing reactionary movements sort of flounder once Trump came into power. You know, Trump got them to the in the spotlight. They grew during the Trump campaign and and felt a bit of, uh, I don't know, power in like 2017, but then as trump continued on and just became a you know uh sort of like a ineffective uh president who really just cared about his own sort of authoritarianship and just own own basically even at the end just his own cared about his own pockets and also keeping himself and his his family and friends out of uh, uh jail uh you know they sort of fell f- fell big time they they sort of lost any of the the power they had in those early days do you think that uh these right wing movements are going to regroup under biden and once again sort of have this newfound uh this this uh newfound power will there be like new reactionary groups that that sprout under the biden administration what what's your what's your take and have you seen anything uh specifically too that would be interesting
1: yeah so I think that the state of right-wing extremism is probably more likely to get, uh, you know, uh, get a little bit more organized than they were before, uh, just because a very clear common cause exists now, which is going to be the Biden administration and Congress. I I mean, it's the federal government, right? They used to, like, love the federal government because Trump's in control, right? But, like, now that he's not, it's probably going to be an enemy, especially as, like, you know, gun regulation and stuff like that. The vaccine distribution—I'm sure all of that is going to be like motivating factor for for bringing different extremists together. That said, um, you know, everything I've seen out of the Biden DOJ does give me some—I uh, I will say—cautious optimism that these extremist forces in the U.S. Uh, are are going to be taken. Seriously as a threat, uh, which is something that the Trump administration completely neglected to do You've got uh, some great folks like Kristen Clark coming in there who has all kinds of uh, You know experience personally dealing with suing Nazis like into the dirt um, so uh, And also, you know, Joe Biden said on the campaign trail multiple times that uh, watching, you know, the the Aftermath of the unite the right white supremacist rally in Charlottesville in 2017 was the motivational factor for him to run for office? So I think it's something that this administration uh, you know assuming it, it follows through and, and, and that's a big assumption. you know I am cautiously optimistic that uh, you know, the administration will try to confront this in some way. Um, but, but what I really don't want to see, Uh, And what I've been trying to argue against is like the expansion of surveillance laws or like domestic terrorist classifications. Um, You know, anytime you create new tools like that, you have to imagine like if the worst person in the world had this tool, what would they do? Um, And, you know, if Trump could have done that, you know, you think he wouldn't have said Black Lives Matter was a domestic terrorist organization? Of course he would. Right. So, you know, you have to. Do what you're able to in a way that makes sense. Um, but luckily for the Biden DOJ, most of what the like a lot of stuff that these groups do is already illegal. So really, it's just if they can like really pro- push for local, state, you know, and federal authorities to make this a priority, uh, I think you could actually do, uh, you know take some significant actions that wind up keeping people pretty safe. So it's got my fingers crossed again, cautiously optimistic, but you know, if they follow through on everything they said they're going to do, I think we'll be in a a much better place.
0: All right. I, I, I agree with you. Uh, cool. Let's, uh, let's talk again soon, Jared, right? It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me on this very special inauguration day episode of doomed uh jared holt everyone oh what am i doing let me let you drop all your plugs drop them all don't worry about just you know you said you wanted to do the pierre instagram plug get them all in you take the floor jared take take as much time as you'd like
1: all right uh my name is jared holt you can follow me on twitter at jared l holt Uh, i write and do research for the atlantic council's digital forensic research lab We do crazy shit. Like one of our guys just like – it seems like every couple of weeks just like discovers a war crime using open source data and it like rips my brain apart every time I see it. Uh, And uh, I've got a podcast called Shitpost and I already say that. Uh, But most importantly, if doomed listeners, I'm I'm looking you in the eyes right now. If you do one thing tonight besides unsubscribing to Matt Bender's Patreon (laughs) – I want you to don't, go to. Insta- that's the one thing you don't.
0: You don't joke about the Patreon, buddy. You can, you can, to, anything else has been Follow me on Twitter, whatever. That's what you don't. The one you don't joke around. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That show is great. That's, Support it, it if you that's, can. That's my. Uh, that's my Dominion voting system loss with the Patreon. That's where we don't joke.
1: <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, if you do one thing tonight, go to Instagram if you've got it and follow my dog. At Pierre Turbo, P I E R R E, T U R B O. It's puppy content, can't go wrong. And uh, yeah. What's
0: the What's the grift there, Jared? You want everyone to go join your your dog's Instagram, and then what? What is, what, what is Pierre going to disseminate the latest QAnon conspiracies to them? What's going on? What's the play here?
1: Uh, I don't know what the play is. You know, I just kind of. <laughs> You know, came out of the bathroom one night, uh, and my fiance told me that our puppy has an Instagram now. So <laughs> that's the play. But I, I guess maybe the grand scheme picture is um, make him a influencer and like don't spend my life savings on <laughs> toys and stuff for him like I do currently.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, right, right. So how many followers up to right now? What are we, where are we at?
1: Oh, I, I think it's like 250 something.
0: Ooh, got a long way to go before he's influenced. You got it. I, I, I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I, I'm calling on the doomed audience. I give me the binder bump. I need. <laughs> Pierre needs this.
0: All right, folks. So what? What is that again? Pierre Turbo. You said.
1: Pierre Turbo. Yeah.
0: Is that his last name?
1: It's his middle name.
0: Oh, so he's Pierre Turbo Holt. Yep. Tur- what, what? What's the? Why Pierre? First of all, I gotta know why Pierre.
1: It just sound, you know, it was just a, a name that came up. I, I think it was like in a song my fiance and I were listening to. And, uh, you know, she said, oh, wouldn't Pierre be a cute name? And I thought about it. And then I was like looking at the photos of him before we picked him up. Uh, just as a little puppy. And, and we were both like, yeah, he's he's a Pierre. I think he's a Pierre. Uh, But Turbo was what I was advocating for for a long time, so that became the middle name.
0: Nice, nice. And I'm guessing Turbo was named after the greatest uh, holiday flick of all time, Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he plays, well, he's after, I don't want to give away any spoilers, he's after the action figure known as Turbo Man.
1: That's exactly right, Matt.
0: You've never seen that movie, have you? <laughs> no. You need to rectify this situation immediately, Jared. I know we're, we're post Christmas, and Christmas movies are the furthest from your mind, I'm sure. But you must see Jingle All the Way. It is one of my favorites, an all time classic, Jared. Uh,
1: a man of taste, you are, Matt Bender. I it's am. been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure uh, joining you for the show.
0: <laughs> have a good night, Jared. Talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go into the second half of the show right after a short, 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 short break. But before we go to that break, I'm going to tell you all to go to patreon.com slash Matt Bender and support this show with a small monthly subscription of five dollars or more if you'd like or less if you'd like. But I I, I ask right now for five dollars. Although, and I know I've been saying this, I will be uh, rolling out new tiers shortly, which will give you more bonus stuff. But for now, all I ask is $5, patreon.com slash Matt Binder. I'd really like to grow this show, and that's how I grow. Excuse me, geez. And that's how I grow this show, by getting more people to join the Patreon because I'm able to fund the show, take more time into doing the show, buy equipment to better the show, um, and that's 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 the gr- that's that's the grift, that's the grift here, ladies and gentlemen. No, that's the that's that's what that's my play. That's my play to grow this show and be able to give you guys more content. And going to patreoncom slash is the way that I do that. If you cannot afford to do so, due to various reasons, times are tough. Totally understand. Don't do it if you can't. Uh, you could support this show though by going to youtubecom mapbinder and subscribing to the YouTube channel. Then you go to twitchtv mapbinder and subscribe to the Twitch channel. Now I recently got uh, invited to become a Twitch affiliate. And if I accept that, though, I can no longer multi-stream to both YouTube and Twitch at the same time. and have to do two separate shows. I'm planning on accepting the affiliate soon. uh, And the goal is to then do a separate Twitch show, which will – that's why – one of the reasons why I was able to afford this on-sale gaming computer that caused much, much controversy when I brought it up last time on this show – Due to people telling me I did not spend enough money on a good gaming computer. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that will be for the Twitch content when I get enough patrons to then do a regular Twitch show. It'll be soon. You guys will see. Very soon. Uh, so, start subscribing there now. Twitch.tv slash Matt Also, follow me on Twitter at Matt Bender. Follow me on Instagram at Matt Follow me wherever you're on social media. Search Matt Binder. I will undoubtedly come up. Um doomedpod.com for the podcast version of this show. There are links to well, first you can listen to the show directly on that website. There are also links to the iTunes, the Google Play. People have let me known let me known. Let me know, I should say, that. Doomed is not showing up on some of their other favorite podcasting platforms. I will be rectifying that situation immediately. I don't know what happened there. Um, But I'll be on that very soon and in a coming day or two. I'm going to try to do it today, actually, after the show. Uh, But I see how much time I got before one of the kids wake up. Uh, What else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, Tell your favorite YouTubers, podcasters about this show. Tell me about your favorite YouTubers and podcasters and journalists you want on this show. Um, True story, I was on Zero Books' YouTube show uh, last Friday. And I was invited on this show because someone who is a fan of Zero Books and this show reached out to them and said, Hey, you should talk to Matt Binder about what went down at the Capitol and QAnon. And big tech deplatforming platforming all these uh, right-wingers after the Capitol storming went on. Um, it works. I mean, I've had people on this show based on what you guys have uh, recommended me. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what else? I think that's it for now, folks. I will be on the majority report uh, for my weekly Thursday spot tomorrow. If you're listening to the podcast version of the show, it might have already happened, but you can go back and catch the live stream. Um, So I'm looking forward to talking to uh, Jamie and Emma and Matt Leck and Brendan on the very first Thursday episode of the Majority Report uh, under the Biden administration. And, uh, yeah, that is, uh, all for now. Stay tuned for the patron half of the show. Uh, Stick around if you're watching on the live stream. I'll let you stay if you're watching live for now. Even that'll be cut off eventually, but we'll keep it going for a little bit longer. And to everybody else, uh, see you all next time on Doomed.